And you're back on Right Now with Jim Dawes. Your daily journal of news, politics, and culture from an America First perspective. Coming to you on the Mojo 50 Radio Network. Streaming on demand on iTunes, TuneIn, Spreaker, Spotify, and iHeartRadio. Follow me on Twitter at RightNowJimDawes. Or shoot me an email at RightNowJimDawes at gmail.com. You can leave a voicemail at 772-245-0750. That's 772-245-0750. Man, there is so much negativity in the news. The, uh, I think the Democrats are coming to the realization that the odds of them beating Donald Trump with this current Democratic field are not too great. Uh, they've, they're starting to latch on to Elizabeth Warren as if she's going to be uh, their savior. She, in fact, held a uh, campaign rally up in Minnesota, um, one of the suburbs of Minneapolis, where you've got a lot of, you know, um, college-educated white yuppie lefties up there. And uh, and she turned out about 8,000 uh, people, which is, uh, you know, a, a big crowd. Uh, I don't think a Democrat candidate has turned out that bigger crowd since Kamala Harris had her announcement um, event in Oakland, California, uh, back at the beginning of all this. Um, and, and there were a lot of people that were there for the barbecue. Uh, but... Uh, Elizabeth Warren was going to have a town hall there in Minnesota. And uh, instead of, you know, just a couple of thousand showing up, as was expected, uh, you know, she filled the place up. And uh, and then she decided she was no longer going to take questions, oddly enough. But the, uh, the Democrats that uh, reviewed her, you know, performance there are just uh, blown away by how well Ruth Buzzy did. Um, you know, she, uh, she, they say she was comfortable in her own skin and that she was, you know, sort of being wonkish and telling of all, all of her poly prescriptions and everything. And they see a glint in her eye and they think that she might be able to stand on the same stage with Donald Trump when they know for a fact that if they put old Joe Biden up there, he's going to get destroyed and, uh, left, you know, a babbling, um, wreck by the end of the debate. But we're going to get a little deeper into the campaign later in the show. Um, I'm I'm sort of fascinated by this Greenland story. Um, It it really uh, is something that you can determine the difference between uh, optimistic, forward-looking American um, optimists and the uh, the people on the left that uh, you know just like to think that history is over with that uh, you know the United States is uh, all it's ever going to be uh, our best days are behind us and uh, there's no reason for optimism and I think uh, I think one of the big mistakes we made uh, was not following up and colonizing the moon we went to the moon planted our flag came back uh, I think we went there. Uh, what, three times? To this day, no other human has ever set foot on the moon except for an American. 
they have landed um you know rovers and such i think uh russia and uh china and maybe even india have uh landed craft on the moon i don't think india brought theirs back but uh to this day no other uh human being other than american has ever set foot and i never understood why we did not claim the moon for the united states uh when we planted our flag there um (laughs) they couldn't be arguing that we were taking it from anybody like you know they're constantly saying we stole the united states from the indians the indians stole it from somebody else every bit of land on this planet has been stolen uh by whichever group is currently occupying it that is just the nature of uh of human evolution but uh, you know, they certainly couldn't make this uh, guilt trip claim for the moon. Why didn't we go ahead and claim it? You know, the other uh, nations would have objected. I guess they were in the United Nations and they say, oh, the moon belongs to us all. Well, then, no, no. <laughs> the moon's up there in the sky. First one that gets there and plants a flag and lays a claim. And I would say starts colonizing it, uh, you know, gets to claim it. I don't know why they didn't start um you know manufacturing atmosphere up there and and uh, and following up on that we got uh, bogged down in the whole uh space station well hell if you're looking for a space station there's a giant uh, moon up there that is um you know ideal for uh, for establishing a space station but you can tell, you know, who are the optimists and who are the pessimists by by uh, watching MSNBC and and uh, CNN, who get a big kick out of the absurdity. It's just absurd acquiring Greenland. Oh hell, it's a country. Well, it's not really a country. It's owned by Denmark. Well, it's not really owned by Denmark. Denmark says they don't own it. There's sixty thousand people on Greenland. You think if the United States, I mean, if if uh, Denmark says that they don't own it and that you can't own countries anymore. Do you think if we went to the uh, 60,000 Greenlanders and offered them a million dollars apiece uh, to buy uh, that island or to annex themselves into the United States? You know, I guess that's the proper terminology. We're not, we're not buying it. We're annexing it. You're becoming part of the United States, maybe as a territory, maybe as a a state. You think if we'd offered a a million dollars to each of those 60,000 residents that they would say no, that would be a total of $60 billion. That would be an outstanding deal. Hell, we waste more than that on, um, on lots of stuff, on, um, uh, ethanol subsidies <laughs> here come the angry emails from the farmers but um yeah damn right 60 billion dollars give them a million dollars a piece we could probably get it for five hundred thousand dollars a piece those those people there you know are, are not used to uh hell they could buy themselves a a yacht and a house in florida jay Inslee, who is uh, one of the democrat nominees was appearing on um cnn saying uh you know uh, this is this is craziness we don't need to be talking about buying 
Greenland, what we need to be talking about is saving Greenland's glaciers. You might. Uh, ludicrous. Mm-hmm. Uh, I work hard. I work hard for the president of the United States who was constitutionally elected. He's- I apologize. That is not the correct clip. Let's try this again. You might be there in the midst of an effort to buy Greenland. You that is that Ali Donald Velchi. Trump is apparently investigating buying Greenland. Well, we would prefer that he not continue down this path of allow unchecked climate change to melt Greenland so he can make it his new golf course. We would prefer to keep the ice cap. As you know, I think this is a, should be the first uh, job of the next president. I'm certainly saying that. If anybody agrees with me, by the way, they can make sure I'm on the next debate stage. Right. Go to jansley.com and send a buck to make sure I'm on the debate stage. We need to keep the ice in Greenland rather than the next Mar-a-Lago. That's right. You know, it, it, it occurs to me with all of these Democrats running around begging for a buck, you've got Jay Inslee and... Um, and Bullock, and uh, you got Pete Buttigieg uh, all over Twitter begging for a buck. You've even got billionaire Tom Steyer out there begging for a buck. You know, that's that's sort of, it, it seems like an embarrassing process for them to go through. I think they've got to collect um, a donation from up to 120,000 people in order to make the, de- the debate sp- stage in September. Well, if you can't collect a hundred and twenty thousand dollars at a buck a piece that's kind of embarrassing i think uh, pete buttigieg has spent probably a, a million dollars trying to collect one hundred and twenty thousand uh, dollar donations but um I, I don't think it compares very well to you know donald trump the current occupant of the white house it it, it doesn't contrast well but Jay Inslee's there saying, you know, uh, uh, Donald Trump needs to stop worrying about acquiring Greenland and start worrying about saving the glaciers on Greenland. It, and they're, they're telling us with a straight face that if the glaciers on Greenland melt, that we are going to be subsumed, that the coasts are going to be, uh, um, you know, flooded. How do they think that Greenland got its name to begin with? When the Vikings came there, um, who originally found Greenland, I think it was uh, sometime, you know, before Christ, may have been actually in the 2nd or 3rd century. Um, it was green. It had not yet frozen over. And uh, as a contrast, Iceland, which, you know, people now live on, um, was covered in ice. And that now it is uh, has more of the um, habitable land than Greenland does. They say these things without any sense of irony or history whatsoever. My best take on this so far has been Katie Pavlich and Jesse Waters on The Five. We are $22 trillion in debt, that is true. But this would be a foreign policy geopolitical decision that's being painted as a real estate deal. So China is interested in the waters around Greenland. Russia is, of course, interested. And this is all about China because Greenland has a lot of resources, rare earths, that we cannot get anywhere but China. So we'd be able to get them there. I just want to say I think this is going to happen. Anybody who's in denial, (laughs) it's going to happen. Manifest Destiny Greenland is is going to happen. Mm -hmm. And I just... Wait a second. You giggle. Are you serious? Or are you joking? I'm serious. I'm I'm mostly serious. Very serious. <laughs> <laughs> See, that's an American. Katie is optimistic. She uh, she is expansionist. She she uh, she's believing. She says she's mostly serious, but she says anybody that doesn't believe this is happening is uh, fooling themselves. And Jesse Waters more or less took the same position. 
serious. Mostly serious. Terry right. Truman tried to buy it for $100 million back in the yeah, day. Right. So maybe for $1 billion, they would take it. What do you say, Jesse? You know, I mean, you're our resident historian here. Louisiana Purchase. Yes. I think we bought, did we buy the Virgin Islands from Denmark? I think that's right. Well, I think he's just carrying out Polk's expansionist legacy. <laughs> <laughs> yes, and, uh, Go, Jesse. And I'm mostly serious about this. I'd like a piece of Greenland, <laughs> too. Uh, I don't care if it's for sale. We might have to annex it. Mm. Uh, or some would say annex. You know, it's like a tomato-tomato thing, Emily. Um, <laughs> that also, we don't have to add the star to the flag, you know? You know? That way, you know, you get to keep Keep 50 and everybody's flag stays intact. But like you said, vast mineral wealth, and yep. it's a buffer All against the China. Russians and the Chinese. Mm-hmm. I think if you don't like this, you're not truly an American patriot. Is that right? <laughs> yeah. Go for and it. And I'm mostly serious about that. <laughs> you hear that? He's most- I don't see any reason why we should uh, not acquire Greenland. Den- uh, Denmark has already said that you can't own a country that we don't own it. It is, it is a country in and of itself. Just the same as, oh, let's say Texas. Texas was a country in and of itself. I think uh, Tennessee was at one point, um, you know, an independent uh, uh, nation state itself. But, you know, we acquired Louisiana Purchase. They uh, they thought that was going to be a folly. They We acquired Alaska. They thought that that was, uh, you know, ridiculous. All of these things start, start out to be ridiculous until you actually follow through with them. So... Here's my vote. Acquire Greenland, go back to the moon, maybe forget about Mars right now, and colonize the moon. Uh, we are a, uh, a frontier people, Americans are, and it's time we got back in the business to uh, expansion as a manifest destiny. We'll be right back after these messages. Mojo. Millions of people today have no dental insurance. If you're without insurance, do you have a plan to care for your teeth without spending a fortune? Introducing DentalPlans.com. How would you like to save 10 to 60% off your next dental visit for as little as $7 a month? We offer trusted dental savings plans from companies like Cigna and Aetna with a 30-day money-back guarantee. Be a part of the 1 million-plus happy smiles served since 1999 that save money when they visit the dentist. You can save on cleanings, dentures, braces, x-rays, fillings, crowns, root canals, and even teeth whitening. Call 800-296-1247 now to start saving immediately. Mention promo code RADIO to receive 15% off any plan. And for a limited time, one month free. Call 800-296-1247. That's 800-296-1247. Fees billed annually plus a $20 processing fee. Savings plans are not insurance. Savings will vary by provider, plans, and zip Consult with plan detail page for additional plan terms. Not all plans and offers available in all markets. Mojo. So April Ryan uh, was part of the one-two tag team along with Jim Acosta in the old, um, you know, daily press briefings that uh, the uh, administration was uh, wise enough to pull the plug on when it turned into just, you know, an opportunity for uh, these White House reporters to try to grandstand and get their face on TV by, you know, being mo- more insulting than the next reporter. April Ryan uh, stood out among them. She is the 
uh, rotund um, black reporter for the Urban Networks. And she always, you know, made snide remarks and comments and uh, talked over people and then, uh, you know, picked fights on Twitter and everything, trying to make herself the story instead of actually covering the news. And one of the uh, recurrent themes that April Ryan used to uh, put forward was that uh, Donald Trump was um, violating the First Amendment and he was, uh, you know, being uh, uh, disrespectful to the press. Well, (laughs) turns out that uh, April Ryan was uh, recently given a speech and um, she sicked her bodyguard on a local news reporter, had the bodyguard remove the guy and seize his camera. The reporter's name was Charlie uh, Kratolive, and uh, the bodyguard's name is Joel Morris. Morris assaulted Kratolive and uh, and stole his video camera back on August 3rd. Well, now that bodyguard, he's 30 years old, he's been uh, arrested, charged with harassment, assault, and theft. So the CNN contributor who works for the American Urban Radio Networks repeatedly criticized Donald Trump for attacking the media. In fact, has had a uh, a, a goon basically attack and uh, assault a local news reporter. Is there any uh, contrition or apology from April Ryan? No, no, no. So um, the local reporter... Cradleville, I'll get that name right eventually, says this was an assault on the freedom of the press and April Ryan should immediately be condemned for this use of violence against the journalism. Hallelujah, brother. Uh, Just another indication of the rank hypocrisy among the media. Well, it turns out that uh, social media, Twitter and Facebook have been taking money from the Chinese government in order to try to suppress and interfere with the protests in Hong Kong. Um, they have uh, they they've recently said that those, that money was actually coming from fake accounts that they didn't know it was the Chinese government. Facebook and Twitter accounts that originated in China acted in a coordinated fa- fashion um, to portray messages and images of the Hong Kong protesters as violent and extreme. The two social media uh, companies said on Monday, well, did they not know that um, <laughs> that these accounts were being set up by the Chinese government? And if they don't, have they learned anything from, you know, the, the so-called Russian interference in the 2016 election? Facebook said it's eliminated seven pages, three Facebook groups, and five accounts involved in the disinformation campaign from the, uh, about the Hong Kong protesters. Twitter deleted 936 accounts and said it would ban state-backed media from promoting tweets after the China Daily and other state-backed publications placed ads on its service that suggested the protests were sponsored by Western interests and were becoming violent. So Twitter is uh, acting in the furtherance, or Twitter and Facebook got caught acting in the furtherance of a repressive communist regime trying to uh, crack down on protests.
I'm not surprised. Are you surprised? I'm not surprised. I think the only uh, only thing that they regret about all of this is that they got caught. How much time we got left in this segment? Let's talk about the Jeffrey Epstein, the um, most recent developments. Uh, Attorney General Bill Barr, William Barr, I think he likes to be called, has fired the uh, Bureau of Prisons chief, the head guy in the department in the federal prison system following uh, Epstein's death at the that Metropolitan Correction Center in Manhattan. And we also have learned that Jeffrey Epstein signed a will just two days before his suicide. So I guess the lawyers that he was spending upwards of eight hours with a day didn't think it was odd that he was uh, signing a will at the same time that they were lobbying and working to have him removed from suicide watch? Really? <laughs> and, of course, yesterday we uh, we told you about a film that has been published uh, showing Prince Andrew at the door uh, letting a, uh, a girl out that appears to be underage. We don't know that for sure. We don't yet know the identity of the two young girls that uh, Epstein and Prince Andrew were seen letting out of that um, Central Park West mansion. But um, I hope somebody gets uh, uh, gets their identity and interviews them, finds out how old were they at the time. Judge Deneen appeared on uh, Tucker Carlson's show last night and uh, and blew all this uh, this determination, this final determination of a suicide all to hell. Well, first of all, I think what the medical examiner should have done was should have listed the manner of death. Understand there are two differences. What actually caused the death, some kind of asphyxiation, but the manner of death can right. be a homicide, a suicide, or pending undetermined. So she, there are four investigations going on right now. Her rush to judgment as to decide that this was a suicide makes no sense. We don't know why the cameras weren't working, why everybody was asleep, why they lied. The FBI the DOJ, the Inspector General, Bureau of Prisons, everybody's doing an investigation. And where it's capable of being one of two ways, you've got to give me the additional dots that cause me to believe it's one way versus another. And by the way, Tucker, I have tried cases that were listed as suicides, and I've gotten a homicide conviction. So they weren't suicides, they were intentional murders. And secondly, the breaking of a hyoid bone. And I've had, I've done, I've tried strangulation cases that's classic in a strangulation not in a hanging so there is a rush here i don't know if it's to shut it down but it makes no sense to me as a prosecutor have you seen finally cases in your life where the medical examiner was influenced by political concerns or pressure Absolutely. Look, everybody's human. Everybody is can be influenced. All right. There are very few people. Yeah. Look, look at Washington. Look at our government. We're finding out things we don't want to know, Tucker. So the same thing happens in the criminal justice system. But here's the saving grace. When we get all the facts, we can decide what happened. People say, oh, he tried to kill himself. He definitely committed suicide. That's not true because he said that uh, Nicholas Tartaglione, 
phone, the cop in the cell originally, when they say he tried to kill himself, beat the hell out of him. I know that probably is true because I knew Nicholas Tartaglione. He was a cop when I was a DA in Westchester. Would it, would it be like him to slap this guy around? Without a doubt. That's number one. And number two, the fact that he was very upbeat with his with his attorneys, said, I'll see you Sunday. All these facts need to be looked into to decide whether or not it is a homicide versus a suicide. And to just one, two, three before the toxicology is even back on the microscopic tissues makes no sense to me as a litigator who's tried homicide cases. Absolutely not. You don't make a final determination on an autopsy on a, a case like this until you have the toxicology. They may have been depressants in a system. we got to run out to a break. We'll be right back after two messages on Right Now. When the weather outside is frightful, the Hyundai Santa Fe is, hmm, what's the word? Delightful. Because it's got available H-Track all-wheel drive to make being out together better. Enter for your chance to win the newly redesigned Santa Fe, packed with all the jingle bells and whistles you need to go dashing through the snow together. To enter, visit Amazon.com slash Hyundai or scan the QR code on specially marked red and green Amazon boxes. No purchase necessary. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. This episode is sponsored by Schwann's.com. What are you having for dinner tonight? Hmm, good question. Schwann's Home Delivery has a solution for you. Stock up your freezer with high-quality frozen foods like premium meats and sides, delicious ready-made meals, ice cream, and more. No subscriptions, no memberships, just a friendly yellow truck that's been delivering food for almost 70 years. Listeners of this show get a special deal. Get 20% off your first order with code YUM20. Check out schwanns.com backslash yum for details. And you're back on Right Now, your daily journal of news, politics, and culture from an American nationalist perspective on the Mojo 5.0 radio network. Well, yesterday we were talking about this uh, this 1619 project that the New York Times has got going over there, basically turning their their uh, newspaper over to a uh, a years long smear job of American history and of the American society. They're trying to say that this country wasn't founded in 1776 when it declared its independence from England and um, and writ- wrote its own constitution. And uh, and began a long march toward, you know, a more perfect union. No, not according to the New York Times. According to them, uh, the nation was founded in 1619 when the first slaves were brought here. So if we're going to go back before 1776, why don't we go back to Plymouth Rock? Uh, when the first pilgrims landed on this uh, this land seeking religious freedom and um, and, you know, to start uh, a, a, a life free of domination by the monarchy. They, uh, the New York Times is, is most definitely uh, going to spend its considerable influence uh, vilifying this country, its history, and trying to inculcate more guilt into white people ahead of the 2020 elections in the hopes that they'll uh, 
for some reason, vote against Donald Trump. I guess, you know, they, they've seen that uh, this white guilt is a very powerful um, tool to use against people. And, uh, and they think, well, that's their best chance for defeating Trump. Well, not to be outdone, the Washington Post has also jumped in on the, the, um, the scheme and uh, have devoted a whole section of their paper to, uh, to you know, uh, vilifying American history and, uh, and making slavery the center of, uh, of, of our uh, national um, narrative. And uh, Eddie Glowd, he uh, he's a regular guest over at Morning Joe on MSNBC. He uh, he fell right in with you know this promotion. The New York Times and the Washington Post sort of sets the narrative, and then uh, the left wing talkers uh, fall right in line. And uh, Eddie Glowd, Glowd, G L A U D E, uh, said this on Morning Joe. Well, it seems to me that, you know, the, the distinction that John Meacham made earlier about America's, the American story is reaching out as opposed to a closed fist, that that's part of the story we tell ourselves to fortify a particular uh, idealized version of who we are. But then when we measure that against our practices, we know that reaching out has always been aspirational in some ways, that the reality of our lives have been defined in some ways by our limitations. And what the 1619 Project does, when you shift the story of America from the Plymouth from Plymouth Rock to Jamestown, the contradictions of the country come into full view. And so what we see is this idea of slavery overdetermining the very ways in which we understand the notions of liberty and freedom and equality. Now, while you're listening to this, you have to keep in mind that uh, this guy, Eddie Gloud, is a Princeton professor. He uh, is a tenured professor at an Ivy League institution probably getting paid uh, quite a bit of money to appear on MSNBC as well. Uh, He is among the most privileged and um, affluent people in the history of the world. Certainly, black people, black Americans are the most uh, affluent blacks on the planet uh, currently. But uh, he's going to say that, uh, you know, everything in this country comes down to slavery um, from what you eat to what you uh, watch on TV, everything is all about slavery, and you better believe it, and you better feel bad about it. And how we've been grappling with that since the founding, and how the lies that we've told ourselves, right, whether it's the Dunning School of Reconstruction or John Burgess, and how slavery was just a mistake as opposed to a systemic effort, right, that generated and defined the country, right? When we tell the story, really, we can understand why Atlanta traffic is the way it is. We can understand why the racial gap is the way it is. We can understand why sugar in Louisiana functions the way it functions. Right. So one of the special things about the issue, it takes immediate today issues, concerns, and shows us the history, demonstrates the history, how we've gotten to this point. How and we've Trump gotten to this point with a huge bottom of our politics, uh, booming economy down. and record low black unemployment and, um, you know, record uh, um, uh, low, uh, you know, racial feelings. This guy, they're just looking for, uh, you know, scabs to pick at. Why traffic is the way it is in Atlanta? I can tell you why traffic is the way it is in Atlanta. 
because Atlanta was a small, sleepy southern town that uh, turned into a boom town. It was originally laid out on old Indian trading trails. There is very little uh, in the way of a uh, a grid traffic grid in Atlanta, just in the in the very um, center central business district. After that, it spreads out from there along these old trading trails, and you've just basically got um, you know primary arteries um, with uh, with secondary roads running off of them. There's no there's no grid. So as the city has grown. They've tried to widen these primary arteries again and again and again. And every time they do, it just continues to feed up. It doesn't have anything to do with slavery. Oh, my God. Why traffic is the way it is in Atlanta. I'll have to look on the New York Times and see their theory of that. Jeffrey Lord, uh, he used to work over there at CNN before they des- they decided, you know, he he was too effective of a, uh, an advocate for conservative ideas and uh, in the Trump administration, so they found some pretext in which to fire him. He appears occasionally now over on Fox. He pushed back on this whole idea. What the New York Times is engaged in is the Stalinizing of American history. The left wanted to do a total rewrite of American history and remake the story that we're founded in racism and it's all about racism. I've read the New York Times pieces on their so-called 1619 project. There isn't a solitary mention that slavery and segregation were the party of Democrats. (laughs) Uh, He makes a good point. Nowhere in all of that do they uh, dig into the history of the Democrat Party and slavery and Jim Crow and Reconstruction and all of that. You know, the KKK, all of that was Democrats. And the uh, the party that ended slavery were the Republicans. The 1619 Project, with all of its uh, reframing of American history and putting everything, um, you know, all contemporary uh, history into the prism of slavery ignores that little nugget entirely. And back over at MSNBC, you got Eugene Robinson, another very uh, affluent, um, uh, successful black American, further bemoaning that uh, Donald Trump is somehow dividing us on race, while the New York Times and the New York and the Washington Post over there literally devoting whole sections of their paper to it. Yeah, and actually I don't think um, a a lot of people who are opponents of of Donald Trump take that position, that everybody who voted for him is a racist or will never be accepted back into polite society again. Well, maybe a a lot of the people uh, that didn't vote for Donald Trump don't believe that, but certainly... The news media is uh, is pushing that narrative. Op-ed pieces uh, regularly appear in the New York Times and the Washington Post and on the talking heads on MSNBC and CNN saying that if you voted for Trump, you are a racist. Hell, I think it was uh, Donnie Douchebag over there at uh, Morning Joe that actually said that if you voted for Donald Trump, you're actually a Nazi. You're just like the Nazis. But Eugene Robinson tries to soft pedal that and say, oh, no, 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 it's not everybody that believes that. 
a lot of people who are opponents of, of Donald Trump take that position that yeah. everybody who voted for him is a racist or is, is will never be accepted back into polite society again. That's the way Trump and his most fervent supporters portray right. the opposition. And and this is really Donald Trump's um, genius <laughs> is for driving wedges uh, and for exacerbating the divides that 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 already exist. You know what Donald Trump's genius is? Donald Trump pushes back. Donald Trump is not like your typical Republican that just rolls over and grovels and genuflects whenever someone, you know, accuses him of this. And it just drives the left crazy. Because finally, you've got someone that's not willing to just, you know, stand there and be a whipping boy. And they don't like it a bit. They think it's divisive. How dare you claim that you're not a racist? Don't you know that... uh that if we call you a racist, that you're supposed to apologize? Donald Trump hasn't done or said anything that is is explicitly racist. He's tried to secure the border, and the people coming over the border are, um, you know, Central Americans. But that's not reason he's trying to uh, secure the border. He's trying to secure the border because they're coming here illegally. That's basically, you know, what they they try to blame all of this on. Well, Donald Trump is trying to secure our borders and, and protect the American people, and the people that he's trying to keep out are not white, so he must be a racist. So he's just supposed to, like typical Republicans, ignore the fact that our borders are being overrun because the people that are being overrunning the borders are not white, and if you do anything about it, they're going to call you a racist. Donald Trump doesn't play that game, and it's driving them to distraction. The society, and for um, for increasing uh, anxieties rather than than soothing them, and so he tells people, you know, be can, be afraid of demographic change, be afraid of immigration, be afraid of 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 all the change that is happening <laughs> organically around you because it threatens you. Well, the change is not happening happening organically (laughs) the borders uh, are not being enforced because the democrat party has made a conscious decision that they want to keep them open contrary to law contrary to the wishes of the vast majority of the american people demographic changes he says be afraid the american people have been opposed to this uh dramatic um illegal uh, invasion from our southern border for going on 20 years now. Donald Trump didn't start that. Finally, the American people had a champion that uh, is willing to take this issue on, and that's what's got the uh, Democrats so angry. Whether it does or not, um, uh, he, he tells people that it that it does, and so this 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 sort of split that that Andrew is is writing about and the it, it isn't isn't happening in a vacuum. It's all being encouraged uh, by by a, a, a president whose whose talent for driving wedges really is unique. It's he's not driving wedges. The Democrats drove the wedges. He's just pushing back on it, and they would prefer that him him to act like uh, your typical old-school Republican and uh, throw up the white flag. we got to run out to a break. When we come back, we're going to talk about the, the latest um, uh, developments over in the Democratic uh, ca- uh, primary campaign. Stick, stick with us. We'll be right back. 
Does your current bathroom need to be updated immediately? Introducing One Day Bath and Shower Remodeling, the complete and hassle-free way to get the new bathroom of your dreams in as little as one day and for as little as $1.99 a month. Yes, the experts at One Day Bath and Shower Remodeling will come to you anywhere in the country and show you all the customized options. Now you can have a brand new bathroom in as little as one day. Large or small bathroom. If you want a new bathtub or shower installed, we can do it in as little as one day. And if you call right now, you can save $750 off your remodel. We make it easy by offering you financing as low as $199 per month. Call now to schedule your free in-home consultation. 800-693-3152. 800-693-3152. That's 800-693-3152. So there's been some developments in the Seth Rich murder, the the murder of the DNC uh, IT uh, specialist that happened right around the time of the WikiLeaks dumps in the 2016 election. The same Seth Rich. Uh, who the Mueller investigation steadfastly refused to uh, look into the uh, the murder. Uh, anybody that uh, tries to write or speak on this issue in a major uh, media outlet is uh, threatened by Media Matters and other far left wing um, uh, um, organizations that want to keep a lid on this. Well, there's a Texas businessman named Ed Batowski, and he filed a lawsuit, and um, he has recently outed a reporter named Alan Ratner as the source for uh, his information on Seth Rich. Uh, and according to Bukowski, Seth Rich was the one that provided WikiLeaks, the DNC emails, and the uh, 2016 election, not Russian. All of this is perfectly consistent with what uh, William Benny, the guy that designed the um, electronic DARPA uh, uh, snooping methods that, that is collecting all of our um, cell phone, email, and text messages, says it was physically impossible for that to have been a hack, that it had to be an internal leak. But Butowski claims in his lawsuit that Miss Ratner said that um, – Julian Assange told her that Seth Rich and his brother Aaron were responsible for releasing the DNC emails to WikiLeaks. Ms. Ratner said that Mr. Assange wanted the information relayed to Seth's parents as it might explain to them a motive for Seth Rich's murder. On November 9, 2016, Ellen Ratner admitted publicly that she met with Julian Assange for three hours before the 2016 election, and according to Ratner, Julian Assange told her that the leaks were not from the Russians, that they were from an internal source in the Hillary Clinton campaign. Butowski's attorney, Ty Clevenger, requested and obtained documents from the FBI related to the case 
that they were anal- uh, able to analyze. And according to Bukowski and Clevenger, a transcript from former FBI Chief of Staff James Rubicki, or you remember that name from the Russia Gate scandal, he states that o- the Obama White House was the entity that was pushing the Russia conspiracy as early as October 2016. Well, now newly released documents from the FBI suggest that the Obama White House pushed intelligence agencies publicly to name the Russians for the email leaks from the Democrat National Committee to WikiLeaks. So, according to uh, the Gateway Pundit, they received an undated and heavily redacted transcripts of the interview of James Rubicki that includes this excerpt. So we understand that at some point in in October of 2016, there was, I guess, a desire by the White House to make some kind of statement about Russia, and then the next page is omitted. The comment is made by an unidentified prosecutor from the Office of Special Counsel, not to be confused with Robert Mueller's office. So Roger Stone now, uh, who is being uh, prosecuted in uh, the district uh, court in in, uh, Washington, is requesting these documents, and he's going to try to blow the lid off of all this. And it turns out the FBI says that uh, they're not releasing any more information on this because of it's a matter of national security. Well, if the FBI never investigated the Seth Rich murder, then how is it a matter of national security? That doesn't make sense. Why wouldn't they just say we don't have any information? The Seth Rich murder uh, was not committed by your local street thug or hood hood rat. If it had been so, somebody would have uh, ratted them out by this point. There's a $120,000 reward on the street for the um, that leads to the arrest of the murderer of Seth Rich. If it were just a robbery, somebody would have spoken by now. So, the latest developments in the Democrat uh, campaign for their presidential nomination. I said earlier that uh, Pocahontas was able to draw a sizable crowd, estimated to be as many as 8,000, that was at McAllister College in St. Paul. Of course, you know, she was there promising free tuition, um, the cancellation of student debt, and as many other, you know, freebies as she could think of. So it might not be surprising that she was able to draw a crowd. But she got, uh, you know, real, real good uh, reviews from her speech. And now the Democrats are thinking, well, maybe this is the one that can take on Donald Trump. <laughs> Biden's wife, Jill, appeared uh, on one of the Sunday shows, and uh, she says that, um, well, you're just going to have to accept that uh, old Joe is the best guy to beat Donald Trump, and you, you may not agree with everything he says, but uh, you're going to have to do this if we want to beat Trump. You know, your candidate might be better on, I don't know, health care than Joe is. But you've got to look at who's going to win this election. And maybe you have to swallow a little bit and say, okay, I sort of personally like so-and-so better. 
But your bottom line has to be that we have to be Trump. I'm not sure that's a very convincing argument. <laughs> Joe Biden, uh, you can look at him. He's he's tired and uh, incoherent already, and this this whole campaign has just got underway. He hasn't even seized the nomination yet. And you got Jill Biden out there because they're hiding Joe Biden. Hiding Joe Biden, that, that'd be his new nickname. Because uh, the more they put him out there, the more gaffes he makes. And right now, you know, it's starting to feed into this narrative that he uh, is is uh, not in charge of his faculties. They even trotted out his own brain surgeon to defend <laughs> Joe Biden's brain. You know, I might not be aware of it, but uh, Joe Biden has actually uh, had... I think two brain surgeries for aneurysms. His brain surgeon says he's as sharp now as he was 31 years ago. Well, I can attest to that fact. I've been saying all along, this is, this is not new for Joe Biden. This is, this is Joe Biden. He's always, uh, you know, been a gaffe machine, but this guy, Dr. Neil Cassell performed surgery on Biden over 30 years ago after the uh, Democrat had two brain aneurysms. The doctor dismissed fears that Biden's mental faculties are declining despite evidence to the contrary. Biden's gaffes aside, the Democrat has been seen slurring his words, generally looks lost, and even claimed to be vice president in February of 2018 during the Parkland mass shootings. And all of this is strangely reminiscent of the Hillary Clinton campaign when you had sort of a boring candidate that was supposed to be, you know, the next turn in line that was obviously very low energy and suffering from, you know, physical ailments. And the same people that told us that we couldn't question Hillary's health and that if we did, we were conspiracy theorists are now rushing to Joe Biden's defense. The, uh, the brain surgeon said, I'm not going to vote for a candidate who, uh, who I am absolutely certain has a, I am going to vote for a candidate who I'm absolutely certain has a brain that is functioning. And that narrows it down to exactly one little jibe at uh, Donald Trump. Biden's physician also said he's in excellent health. He's just as healthy as a 40-something. Don't believe your lying eyes. Uh, that was actually in the uh, the story. So, next time you hear Biden slurring his words, forgetting where he's at, not being able to remember details uh, from his time as vice president, you just keep in mind that he was just as dysfunctional and disoriented 31 years ago as he is now. Once again, Kamala Harris has changed her position on health care. She's decided she she's not really comfortable with the health care plan that uh, she sponsored. And uh, I guess we'll just have to wait around till the next debate to find out, you know, what her, her uh, most recent position is. But uh, they're starting to realize that uh, this Medicare for all is going to end up being Medicare for no one. 
and that uh, the majority of people in this country, the vast, vast majority, are, are happy with their health care, that you don't need to strip everybody of their employer-provided health care in order to pr- improve the system. Got J- Bernie Sanders out there now. He's got a program to cut the prison population in half. I think that uh, uh, Cory Booker and uh, and Pete uh, Buttigieg have made... Uh, the same exact campaign promise. So without regard to, you know, uh, the crimes, we're just going to arbitrarily cut the current prison population in half. What effect do you think that might have on violent crime? (laughs) I would imagine that it will increase violent crime by about half. If you go and do that. But this is uh, part of the Democrats' anti-law enforcement um, campaign. Oh, Elizabeth Warren's for doing this as well. She's going to open the, the prisons up and let let people run in the streets. And, you know, let's see. You've got the Democrats they're representing illegal aliens. They're representing uh, the criminal element. Hell, Bernie Sanders wants to make sure that all of the um, the current prisoners in uh, in jail right now have the opportunity to vote, including the most violent terrorists. Bernie Sanders wants the Boston bomber to vote, and you would think, or you would uh, conclude that he also wants the El Paso shooter to be able to vote. Now, when that happens, he's going to cancel out the vote of a law-abiding American citizen, but apparently Democrats are no longer concerned with uh, law-abiding American citizens. Well, we're running out of time, and we're not going to have time to give the uh, the Rashid Tlaib, Ilhan Omar, uh, the time it really deserves. Suffice it to say that um, Tlaib uh, is not going to go see her her gammy. She promised the Israelis that if they would let her in, that she would not protest and and she would just go see her gammy because it might be the last time she can before her gammy dies. But then when uh, some of the radical Palestinians criticized her for doing that, She said that, though, she wouldn't go under those conditions that she herself had offered. We'll catch up on this story uh, more tomorrow. I want to thank you for joining us and invite you back here again tomorrow on the Mojo 5 Radio Network for another edition of Right Now. We'll talk to you then. Whether you host a nightly dinner party for two or five, Keeping your eating and dining area clean helps keep your mind on the dinner party and not on the cleanup afterwards. Viva paper towels clean like cloth, trapping splatters and sauces that could become countertop stains or stuck on messes. And they're two times more durable when wet compared to the leading value brand. For an exceptional cloth like paper towel, there's Viva. Visit vivatowels.com to soak up the clean feeling of home. Whether you host a nightly dinner party for two or five, Keeping your eating and dining area clean helps keep your mind on the dinner party and not on the cleanup afterwards.
Viva paper towels clean like cloth, trapping splatters and sauces that could become countertop stains or stuck on messes. And they're two times more durable when wet compared to the leading value brand. For an exceptional cloth-like paper towel, there's Viva. Visit vivatowels.com to soak up the clean feeling of home.